So today is the, the 10th of December, 2020, and it's a Thursday, and I've just been uh, cultivating the practice of chanting and recollecting the good qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, and praising the perfectly self-awakened Buddha. And the Dhamma, his teachings, and also those who have practiced those teachings well, the disciples of the Buddha. They've practiced following the path that the Buddha laid out until they gain for themselves understanding into truth, this Satcha Dhamma. They saw that all physicality and mentality is anicca dukkha anatta, is in constant stressful and not self. Or to put it in another way, that everything is just a convention. And these are conventional realities uh, that come up. When, our eye, when we're able to see that, then our hearts become free from all clinging. This clinging it's something that does cause us suffering. And if the mind has a lot of delusion, um, then that will cover over our hearts and make them dark. And the views that we have will be different from the truth. They'll go astray with regards to the truth. And there'll always be me and mine. He's seeing everything in terms of a being, in terms of uh, us and others. And so we do have this view of a self, that there is this self here. So the Buddha was intelligent in the way that he taught us. He said in the beginning that we need to focus on generosity and on sila dhamma, on our um, ethics and our integrity, to abandon unskillful things and develop the skillful. So if people are stingy, then the Buddha would teach them to be generous, to sacrifice. If there was ill will in their hearts, then he would teach them about forgiveness and not wishing to harm any beings. And to practice, to cultivate uh, this inequality of loving-kindness. Because it's just the nature of the world um, that in the morning the sun rises and it shines light upon us. And then in the midday the sun reaches its zenith and then starts to fall. And then in the evening the sun goes down, the sunset the light disappears. And one day passes like this. Each day passes in this way. And if we don't build up goodness, if we don't uh, have a sense of sacrifice, but there's always me and mine, we always have this feeling of self. And that self is something that's very deeply embedded in our hearts. And it makes our minds dark our minds become very coarse. 
and uh, they get covered in darkness. So when we develop the mind and we create goodness, then our minds turn bright, they become happy. And we try to cultivate uh, metta towards all beings. The Buddha, he had this great compassion, this um, boundless metta. He was willing to sacrifice so much uh, for countless lifetimes. And the reason he did that was so that he could teach us. He could teach us this path that leads out of stress. And when we follow this Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha, uh, then we will abandon unskillful things, we'll abandon evil, and we'll try to uh, raise and bring up merit. So the way that we abandon these, this evil is through our body, our speech, and our hearts. And so we train our body and speech within sila. And in the beginning, this is quite difficult to do because we're used to just following all of the emotions that arise. If anger comes up, then we chase after that. If there's greed, then we allow that to drag us along. And if there's delusion, then we just get lost in that. And all these things flow out through our bodies and through our speech. We don't have any restraint. But when we see the dangers in this, the harm in a life and in a mind that is confused and stirred up, we see the harm in not taking care of our precepts and the benefit of uh, keeping a good standard of ethics. Then we'll gain a new birth in our hearts. Our minds will become born again. In the beginning, we believe that we are humans. And what uh, this word human means in Bali, it's uh, manusa. So mana means mind and usa means high. So manusa is a high mind. It's a level of being that is above the common animal. We can see that for animals, it's very difficult for them to keep precepts or to keep a good level of virtue uh, because they're just following the instincts. They're just trying to find food and exist in that way. They have to look after and protect their lives and they end up by harming each other greatly. And so for humans, if we have gained this physical birth, but we don't keep a decent standard of integrity, of moral integrity, then we're no different from animals. But when we see the danger and the harm in this, then we won't allow ourselves to follow this path. We we'll see the benefit of caring for our precepts, and we'll be intent to gain a new birth inwardly, a new birth of the mind. That this knowing element gets born again, and so we depend upon the teachings of the Buddha to gain this new birth. In the beginning, we may have read some scriptures, or we may know some monks, or have some friends who have uh, suggested that we follow this way. And so we listen to them, and then we contemplate what they tell us, 
and we see for ourselves the danger um, in not keeping precepts. And so we try to practice. We cultivate uh, the Dhamma within our hearts, allowing our hearts to grow, to rise to a higher level. So this is due to sila, Dhamma. So when we abandon unskillful qualities and we cultivate merit, the way that we raise up this merit is through this path of dana, sila, and bhavana, that this is all merit. And cultivating a heart of loving-kindness, chanting, these are both forms of merit. And helping out other people, and helping out the work that needs to get done, this too is merit. So spreading our kind wishes towards others. So these are all the, the ten forms of merit that the Buddha laid out. And one particularly important aspect of these ten forms is that of straightening out our views and developing right views. And so we develop a belief in the existence of merit and of demerit, that there is a next life, that karma is real. And so if people don't believe this, um, then they'll instead have the belief that when we die, then that's it, there's just oblivion, and that our actions don't really have results. And this is michaditi, this is wrong view, and it's a very heavy form of karma. But when we believe in this uh, samma-ditti, then it will give us great benefit. And in seeing that benefit, we put our efforts into this practice of sila, samadhi, and panya, the virtue of samadhi and of wisdom, and trying to straighten out our views. And really... In essence, or at the end, what that means, straightening out our views, is to see all things as being conventions. And when we do this, then we have reached into the very heart of the Buddha's teachings. Our minds become very bright. But this inner radiance, it depends upon causes and conditions. If our minds aren't peaceful, if our samadhi isn't stable, then wisdom simply can't arise. So we do need to cultivate this practice of virtue, of being restraint in our sila, restraint in the senses as well. And the purpose of this is to give rise to samadhi. And when we practice correctly in this way, then we're following the noble path that the Buddha taught that has eight aspects to it. It's the foremost path, the way that leads us out of suffering. So we can contemplate this self that we have, ask ourselves, what do we attach to as self, and how does the self arise? We can contemplate that a hundred years prior to now, there wasn't this, this form that we call me here, and in another hundred years, then this body won't be here either. And this body, it depends upon oxygen to feed it. 
it needs that breath in order to stay alive. And if it isn't present, then the body will immediately die. Even though the mind may not want it to demise, still the body goes and dies all the same. So if this air element isn't present, then the blood isn't able to survive, and it starts to decay, and all the systems in our body cease to work properly. So we see that really this is just a collection of elements, and there's no being there. If the breath isn't present, the mind just can't rely on this body. And so this collection of elements that comes together, it's what allows the mind to stay here. But when those elements disperse, then the mind has to move on. And really the mind just uses the body as a communication device. So for intelligence, then the mind will use this communication device to produce merit. But if it's lacking in, in intelligence, uh, then it will just produce bad karma. And then we'll have to receive the results of that. So we should all try to develop our minds um, through this path that the Buddha taught. And when we practice uh, following the way of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, then we uh, bow our hearts into the Dhamma, and we're able to find inner purity. So perhaps initially we read some Dhamma in a book, and then we're inspired to go and seek out a teacher. And so too we need to seek out the Dhamma, we need to seek out the truth, to try to search and realize this nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta, the truth of sankharas, of conditioned phenomena. And we bring up a respect for this truth. But in the beginning, however, we need to train ourselves. And so we start off by being aware of the breath as it comes and leaves. And we can also use the word buddho in conjunction with this. But it's important to not control our breath either, to not force it to be long or short. Because if we do that, then we'll end up stressed. We may get a headache or the body feels very tense and there are unpleasant feelings within the body. And that's not what the practice is like. That's not what it's about. So we need a sense of balance and finding a way that's just right. We need to practice in a way that gives us peace, that allows our minds to calm down. And if we find this method and we carry on with it, then we'll gain a sense of joy within our hearts. And this manifests in different ways. The body may sway back and forth. It may feel very cool or it may feel uh, like there's electricity flowing through it. And uh, this is, are all manifestations of rapture that arise from peace. So we look at our breath, we watch that. And um, if we find ourselves habitually trying to control it, then we can try counting. So when we breathe and count one, two, three, four, five, 
and the breath goes out, count one, two, three, four, five. Or we can count one to six. We need to find uh, what's just right for us and not try to control the breath. Um, and if we can do this correctly, then the mind will settle into a place of stillness, inner peace and quiet. But the mind will collect together into samadhi and it shows that we're practicing correctly. But if when we meditate, then there's a lot of painful feelings in the body, um, the body becomes very tense, our minds become ill at ease. What that shows is that we're trying to control the breath. So we need to just try to let it go, allow it to just follow its nature. And then we can come to uh, counting the breath, or we can uh, just allow the breath to follow its own nature through the method of counting, as I explained before. And then eventually the mind should settle down into peace. So we cultivate this practice of meditation gradually. Initially, we may start off with five minutes and then move up to 10, to 15, to 20, and eventually one hour. And training our minds to become peaceful. And when they are peaceful in this way, we can contemplate, we can think, the suffering, why does it arise? What's it due to? We see that it comes up because, because of the attachments that we have. And this is the cause of suffering. So when we understand that, then our minds will naturally try to abandon that attachment. And slowly but surely, the amount of stress that we feel will reduce. When this happens, the faith that we have in the practice will increase. And so it develops like this in stages. So being aware of the breath is one method of recollecting or having mindfulness over the body. And whether we're standing, walking, sitting or lying down, we try to keep this awareness. We can also use the meditation words of Buddha, Dhammo, Sangha, that's okay, or just the one word of Buddha, that's all right as well. We train our hearts continuously, always trying to bring up mindfulness throughout the day. And if we can do this, then in the evening when we come to meditate, the mind will easily settle into peace. But also sometimes when we come back from work, the body's very tired, it's exhausted. So it may be better to rest first, to sleep, and in the morning when we're feeling at ease, and then we can uh, practice meditation then. And especially in these winter months, like it is now, and there's a nice uh, cool weather in the morning. And it's easy for the body and mind to feel very buoyant. In the beginning, as we meditate, we naturally, our minds just naturally try to follow all the impressions, the sense impressions that they experience. And this can be a lot of suffering for us. It can be difficult to find a way out of that. Maybe before we had practiced a lot of meditation, but then we abandon our efforts. And when our lives become quite chaotic, 
we remember what that was like to have this peace, for our bodies to feel very light, for our minds to be bright. And so we take up the practice of meditation once again, coming back to looking at our breath. And we're able to pass over all of the sense impressions that we experience. And so if our minds are stirred up, then we do need to train them. We need to put in this effort. And sometimes there can be a lot of strong sensations in the body, painful sensations. And we can try to just observe them if our mindfulness is good enough. And if that's the case, then the mind should be able to separate out from these feelings. But if the energy of our sati is insufficient, then we have to come back to look at the breath, knowing it as it comes and leaves. We'll come back to our meditation word. So if the mind's very agitated, then reciting these words of Buddha, Dhammo, and Sangu internally, or just the word Buddha, just carrying on with this in our hearts, uh, reciting this word Buddha, 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 over and over, trying to keep the mind here, just on one single object, will help to relieve that frantic nature and allow our minds to settle into peace. And when we have confidence in this method of meditation, uh, then our minds will be able to find inner peace. So we should, should be confident in it. And having this confidence, then we do sincerely practice. And we're able to uh, come back again and again to this inner peace. So initially, we'll have some degree of faith. And then we put our efforts, our energy of our body and our mind, into the practice. But it's also possible that certain thoughts come to obstruct the path. And these mostly are thoughts of doubts or uncertainty. But in the end, as we persist, then we'll come to an understanding of the Dhamma. We'll come to see that this body is just a convention, and the mind then becomes liberated. And we also gain an understanding that this was possible because of the Buddha. And so we gain a very deep um, and strong faith in the Buddha. This is due to us having seen the Dhamma, that the kindness, the compassion of the Buddha was so vast. And this uh, resounds very deeply within our hearts. So now we all have a very good opportunity and we should use it to train in this path. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We see that now many people around the world are getting very sick. And maybe in the future another world war will break out and things all over the globe could be very chaotic. But right now, we, our bodies are very strong, and so we're able to practice. And in Thailand, the situation is very fortunate. It shows that this country has a lot of merit, uh, that the situation with COVID isn't so bad. And people who have contracted the virus are very, very few, even though the countries that border on Thailand, uh, the number of sick people there 
is very great, uh, but here it's not so much. So it shows there's a lot of merit in this country. But wherever we live, whichever country we're in, we shouldn't be heedless. We should meditate a lot, practice a lot, develop this path a lot. But whatever the case, I ask for everyone to be safe and to be healthy and encourage all of you to meditate, to see the Dhamma. And in seeing this, then the faith that we all have in the Buddha will uh, go very deeply into our hearts.